Hello, this is Gary Hutchins, minister with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha, Nebraska, and we welcome you to Search the Scriptures. We appreciate you tuning in to Search the Scriptures. We hope that you are doing so every day at this time. And we hope that you are being motivated, at least greatly, because you are realizing that you're actually learning the Bible on this radio program. We strive to do exactly as the name Search the Scriptures suggests. We get into God's Word, we dig beneath the surface, look at it in depth and in detail, and yet we strive to explain it in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your personal life. We want you to do more, though, than just listen to a radio program. We'd love to send you a free Bible study through the regular mail. We send it all over this area and across the country, literally. And when we say free, we mean exactly that. We'll even pay the postage both ways. Why don't you have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready? We'll give you all of the information how you can receive that free Bible study at the end of the program today. We'd also love to have you come and worship with us and study and grow spiritually with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. If you want to find a church that teaches the Bible, we want to encourage you to come and worship and study with us. Now, you're not going to find a band. You're not going to find a theatrical production. You're going to find a church that simply strives to be that church that we all read about in the Bible. Nothing more, nothing less. So have that pencil or pen and piece of paper ready. We'll give you the times of our services and the address of our church building at the end of the program today. We hope to see you soon. It's good to be here today with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Gary. As always, it's a real pleasure to be here with you, and certainly we want to wish another welcome to our listeners who tune in, hopefully on a regular basis, and are really excited about another time of getting into God's Word together. Uh, Amen to that. You know, Dennis, we have uh, seen a lot of evidence of people listening to the program and responding in an open way. Many have uh, contacted us and asked for Bible studies or copies of uh, programs that we have done, and, and we always make these programs available on CD for free if anybody would like to receive a copy of them. And we also offer that Bible study that we send out through the regular mail uh, to anybody who would like to get deeper into God's Word than just this 30-minute radio program. Uh, but also, a lot of people have come and actually visited with us at services wanting to check out you know, uh, mm-hmm. what are you guys like there? <laughs> That's right, and we consider that a real blessing that people are that interested in their spiritual condition with the idea that they want to make sure that they are right personally before God, and that's that's always a good response to see. Absolutely, and what they're finding when they do come and visit with us is they find out uh, it's basically just like what they're hearing in this program They're finding a a church that teaches the Bible. That's right. And that's, again, really important. I'm afraid that in many cases that's lacking today. I I think you're exactly right, and that is so unfortunate. But I think that has gotten to be probably the norm for most religious groups rather than the exception. Unfortunate to say. Yes, it is. Now, Dennis, we're going through something of a study of Christ, not a real, real extensive study, but, but a pretty in-depth study 
uh, about Christ as our Savior, about Christ as God the Son, we've really gotten into some depth on this particular aspect of how we understand Jesus Christ. And hopefully this has been very helpful. We've made the point that during this time, a lot of people are thinking about their spiritual lives. Mm-hmm. There are always circumstances, at least in the lives of some people, that spur them, motivate them to stop and reflect where they're at spiritually and what their relationship with their God is mm-hmm. and their Savior. And we're thankful that something can spur that kind of thinking. That's right. And, and sometimes there are external factors where maybe um, the economy in general might be in tough, you know, tough shape, mm-hmm. a lot of people losing their jobs. Sometimes it's a situation where um, things are in some somewhat of upheaval around the world or maybe in our own society. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, after 9-11, a lot of people mm-hmm. started right. thinking about their relationship with God. So those kinds of things can motivate some people. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it can be internal factors where a relationship breaks up mm-hmm. or perhaps um, somebody loses their job or maybe all of a sudden they're stricken with a very serious illness uh, or maybe there's an injury that's really debilitated them mm-hmm. and their lifestyle and, and now all of a sudden they realize, boy, I'm not so big and tough and self-sufficient <laughs> after all. That can happen. Yes, it can. And, you know, sometimes people will look at different times of the year and they'll say, oh, well, you know, this is a time of the year when you you reflect more on your spiritual life. So whatever the circumstance is, we're just glad something can motivate people to think. But this is a time when a lot of people are thinking about their relationship with God. That's right. And again, it's very appropriate that people do that because there is nothing nothing in this life that's more important than getting ourselves in a proper relationship with God so that we can assure ourselves of a place in heaven throughout all eternity. That is absolutely correct. The only thing that really matters in this life is getting to heaven. Amen. If we don't get to heaven, it doesn't matter how much money we die with or (laughs) what kind of notoriety we have written on our epitaph. We failed. You know, it's funny, Gary, but I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. That's right. <laughs> you know, and uh, if we don't get to heaven, we've just are we've been a failure in our life. That's right. And don't don't blow any smoke at yourself, thinking, well, but if I don't make it, maybe I can take somebody. I can get somebody else. No, you're not taking anybody where you're not going. That's right. So, if you don't make it to heaven. Your life's a failure. Now, that, that's really is part of what we're talking about in this study of Jesus Christ, God's Son, God on earth, God the Son, and also our Lord and Savior. That's right. Um, why don't you read a passage that we, we uh, pulled up and kind of prepared to look at uh, before we began recording to this program today? Uh, This particular passage uh, speaks to the eternality of Jesus, which, as we've said in previous lessons, it's it's hard for us to get a concept of, uh, hard for us to understand, perhaps, because we don't really have something in the physical realm that we can relate it to. 
So it is a little difficult, but uh, speaking of that eternality of Jesus, I'd like to read what we have in John chapter 8, verse 58. And there we're told, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Now that, to me, that is one of the striking passages in the New Testament that, that just basically equate God the Son with God the Father. I think you're right, Gary, because it, it actually borrows language from the Old Testament and specifically what we find in the third chapter of Exodus. And if our listeners are familiar with that, they'll remember that this was the time that God was trying to convince Moses, you need to go back and speak to the Egyptians and you need to lead the people out of captivity, in essence. And we know that Moses was rather hesitant to do that. And through the course of the convincing, uh, Moses asked God, well, who am I going to say sent me? And God replied to him, you tell them I am has sent you. And this is the same language that Jesus uses about himself there in John chapter 8, verse 58. Yes, and I believe the text goes on and, and, and God further, you know, elaborates a little bit. I am that I am. That's right. And tell them I am has sent you. That's it. Now, that perhaps is the, we, we perhaps need to understand that as the verb to be in the Hebrew mm-hmm. language. Right. And you you might stop and say, well, that's a rather enigmatic, you know, answer <laughs> to Moses. But when you stop and think about God, the creator, always has been, is, and always will be, and everything we see around us, you know, he brought it into being, that's a pretty good answer, pretty good description of himself. Tell them the verb to be has sent you. <laughs> yes. Tell them I am. I am that I am. Tell them mm-hmm. I am has sent you. Mm-hmm. God is. And and here in John 8 and verse 58, Jesus makes the application to himself. Exactly. And and going all the way back, says before Abraham was. Mm-hmm. And that was certainly before Moses. Yes. And so he uses this same identity or, or kind of designation and says, before Abraham was, I am. Right. Now, certainly that would instantly, I believe, conjure up in the minds of the, of the Jewish people who were listening to him that application right mm-hmm. back to, to Exodus chapter 3, where God identified himself to Moses as I am. That's right. Uh, The Jewish people were very familiar with the Old Testament scriptures, and I'm sure uh, that very thing came to mind. You know, also, Dennis, in the account of the rich young man or the rich young ruler, as the King James Version uh, puts him when he comes to Jesus, and uh, he says, uh, good master, what good thing must I do that I have eternal life? Mm -hmm. And Jesus responds to him first, by saying, why do you call me good? Mm-hmm. There is none good but one, that is God. Mm-hmm. Now, it's been suggested that perhaps Jesus was, was being subtle in his response there and asking him, uh, kind of digging beneath the surface there and saying, oh, 
There's only one who's really good. That's God. Are you suggesting that I am God? And of course, the answer could have been yes. Oh, yes. And would have been appropriate. Absolutely. God the Son here on this earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's possible. We can't mm-hmm. be dogmatic about that. But that's, that's, that's one possible understanding of that particular text. And it would go along with John 8 and verse 58, which, which you just read, where Jesus equates himself basically by designation and identity with God. And going back to, to uh, Exodus chapter 3, when God told Moses, this is who you say sent you. Tell them I am sent you. Yes, that's right. And I believe we, we may have mentioned it previously during this particular series of lessons, Gary, but I was also reminded of the time following the resurrection of Jesus when Thomas was not with the other disciples when they had seen him. And in essence, he said, well, you know, I'm not going to believe unless I can see him myself. Uh, yeah, I don't say that to fault Thomas. Had I been there, I might have said the same thing. Uh, what do you mean? You know, he's dead. He was put in the tomb. You know, resurrection from the dead? What are you trying to pull here? But then later on, we know that Jesus appeared to Thomas physically. And I'm reminded of the confession Thomas made at that time when he said, My Lord and my God. And it's, I think very important to realize Jesus did not correct that. That's correct. Jesus accepted that designation. He did. And rightfully so. Yes. You know, now, we, we looked at, it, at some different passages that basically designated Christ as God, at least, you know, in part designated him as such. Um, in Colossians 2 and verse 9, we noted in this particular study that uh, Paul wrote, for in him, that is in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Yes. In Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, the Hebrews writer refers to Christ as the express image of God's person. Yes. And Paul, when he wrote his Romans letter in Romans 9 and verse 5, refers to Christ as the eternally blessed God. Mm -hmm. And then in Titus 1 and verse 3, he refers to him as God our Savior. Yes. And in 1 Timothy 3 and verse 16, he, he, he refers to him as God having been manifested in the flesh. That's right. Now, all of those are powerful passages that, that relate to and, and that uphold, establish, and emphasize and reemphasize the full deity of Christ as God. They do for a fact. Now, we made the point that that's somewhat difficult for us to grasp mm-hmm. fully and, and, and fully feel comfortable with because we're, we're finite beings and, and it's hard for us to... to fully relate, I think, to God being three personalities or three persons and yet one God. We just don't have anything that we can relate to in the physical realm in that regard. Not not in really do full justice. You know? Well, no, that's... We have that's some true. rather trivial examples we use, you know, but but uh, nothing like that. No. And that, so it's, it's rather difficult for us, and yet God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 
Yes. And so we looked at these other passages that referred to Christ as being back there at the creation, Mm -hmm. taking part in the creation, doing the creating. That's right. So now I think it's important for us to transition here somewhat into a question or an, an application, if we want to think of it that way, of, okay, Christ is God the Son. Christ, when he was here in this earth, was God on earth. Christ is our Lord. He is our Savior. Now, what do we do about that? Hmm. How do we respond to this reality? Very important question. Now, as we said, a lot of people are thinking about their relationship to God. How do we respond to this? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's look at a, at a passage back in John chapter 14 and verses 1 through 3. There we read, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So you believe in God, you believe also in me, Mm -hmm. and I'm coming back, he says. That's what he says, yes. Now, what does he say in verse 6? Verse 6 reads, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So our only pathway to God is through Christ. That's right. Now, this is not written just to Christians. Uh, No, no, it isn't. This is written to everybody, all mankind. That's correct. When Jesus sent the apostles and then through them us on what we call the Great Commission, in Matthew, or rather in Mark chapter uh, 16, 15, and 16, he told them to go into all the world mm-hmm. and preach the gospel to every creature. Yes. All. Obviously referring all mankind. Yes. He who believes and is baptized shall be condemned, but he who does not believe shall be, or he who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he who does not believe shall be condemned. Right. Now, in essence, he's saying this gospel message me being your Savior is for every man everywhere. That's correct. And whoever believes in me and responds obediently in baptism, being baptized into me for the remission of their sins, is going to be saved. But anyone who doesn't believe in me is going to be lost. That's right. Now, that's everybody. Jesus did not die for a select group of people. And he did not he did not send his gospel message just for what we might call Christendom. That's right. Or the quote-unquote Christian world. Right. He sent his gospel message to the entire world. That is correct. And the entire world, all mankind, is responsible for responding to that message. Yes, and in Romans 1, verse 16, we can read that the gospel of God, which is identified there as his power to salvation, 
is available to all who believe it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. But the key is to all or to everyone who believes it. Yes, and that frame of reference to the Jew first and also to the Greek, as that was written, that was was written from the from the standpoint of the Jewish mindset, I believe. Yes. Which meant everybody. It did. To them there were only two groups of people, themselves and everybody else. That's right. And they referred to everybody else as Gentiles or Greeks. Right. And so when Paul says there to the Jew first and also to the Greek or the Gentile, he's saying to everybody. That's exactly what he's saying. Now, Dennis, what if somebody doesn't believe in Christ, though? What if they've, they've taken up some other system of, of religion and they have some other salvation or mechanism of salvation in that particular system or maybe even a different Savior? Hmm. In that case, Gary, I would say it does not negate what we have just read Uh, We can go back again to John 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that, I'm not sure it could be any clearer than that. And that's not being mean-spirited, that's not being narrow-minded, that's not being bigoted, that's not, not, uh, you know, somehow... Uh, looking down her nose at other people. That's just simply quoting the Word of God. Uh, Sometimes uh, when people disagree with that, I'll have to tell them, well, you know, I'm not the one that made the rules, but I'm responsible for living in accordance with those rules. These are God's rules. They're not mine, and they're not some Church of Christ doctrine, so to speak. That's right. The only doctrine that we have is what's written down in God's Word. Right. And so the only way to God and to salvation that God offers mankind is through Jesus Christ. There's no other way. None that we can read about. No other avenue, no other means, no other method. Mm -hmm. And so that's whether anybody believes in him or not. That's right. Even if one does not believe that to be the case, it does not negate the truth of it. That's correct. And somebody can be sincere with all of their heart in believing someone else is their Savior or someone else is their Messiah or believing some other system entirely, you know, whereby they're going to somehow get to some kind of, of place that they, we might liken to heaven. And it does not change the fact that they're sincere. There still is only one way to God, and that's through Christ. Only one way to salvation, and that's through Christ. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. He is our only Savior, and there is no way other than through him. We either accept his terms or we have no terms. Would that be the safe way to put it? I think that's exactly right, Gary. All right. Well, we're going to stop here, and we want our listeners to be sure to tune in again tomorrow because we want to get into some more specifics from God's Word on this very point. Jesus Christ is not only full deity, He is not only God the Son, He is not only the Creator, He is also our Lord and Savior and our only Savior. Now, what are we going to do about that? If you'd like to study these matters more fully, right from the Bible, in the privacy of your own home, then contact us and request that free Bible study that we talked about earlier. 
You can receive it simply by writing to us at Sunny Slope Church of Christ, 3606 North 108th Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68164. Sunny Slope Church of Christ, 3606 North 108th Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68164. You can phone us at 402-498-8397. 402-498-8397. You can email us at sunnyslope, all one word, S-U-N-N-Y-S-L-O-P-E, at Church of Christ, again, all one word, sunnyslope at churchofchrist.com. You can visit us on the web at www.churchofchrist.com www.churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link and you can make your request that way. And again, this study is absolutely free. We'll even pay the postage both ways. You can also receive a copy of today's lesson on CD also for free. And again, we'll pay the postage. Now, we'd love to have you do more, though, than just listen to this program and even to receive that Bible study. We'd love to have you come and worship and study and grow spiritually with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. We'd love to meet you and get let you get to meet us and observe a church that is simply trying to be the church of the Bible, nothing more, nothing less, a church where you can really come and learn God's Word. Bible classes begin every Sunday morning at 9.30, classes for virtually all ages, and all ages really do study the Bible followed by worship at 10.30 each Sunday morning. Sunday evening worship begins at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening. And right in the middle of the week, a good time to stop and get your spiritual batteries recharged in the midst of all the busyness of what we do every week, midweek Bible classes every Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. You're always welcome to any and all of our regular services. We hope to see you soon. Until then, read your Bible. And may God guide you and bless you as you study his word.